detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Another episode of the Thrill Me podcast. Gibbo's back with us, right? I'm sure you're happy to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wishing you were still on holiday. Yeah. Oh. We continue to threaten doing the Meg, but once again, we continue to, <laughs> we continue to say, yeah, yeah, it's definitely the next episode. It's not the Meg <laughs> this week. <laughs> this week, we've delved into the uh, the depths of canon films. So, Jared, I'd suggest this was kind of your pick. <laughs> Stop. Not really. Yeah, you threw out a canon picture. And Bronson. You put the two of them together. I also also threw out a, a recent picture that's been getting good reviews and you pooped <laughs> it. So was <laughs> Upgrade. Oh, we could have been doing upgrade. Oh. I'm, I'm going to punch you in the throat, Adam. I said, go, stop. I said if we go this way or that way and Adam just grabbed the wheel and said... <laughs> <laughs> he's, clearly, he's clearly drunk. No, because we need to get we, we, we need to we need to throw an older picture in after a few newer films. And we're all you know, well, some of us are priming for Death Kiss. Yes, that's correct. Death Kiss is still on the table. So we're doing Death Wish three. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> peak of the series? Yeah, possibly the peak of the series. I haven't seen a lot of the series, so it's fair to say I don't really know whether there's a peak in it. <laughs> <laughs> let's before we get into that, let's do a quick whip round. I know Gibbo, you've probably got a heap of stuff because we haven't heard from you in a while. I've got serious volume. I, I have. I've only got because we we did an episode last week, so I've got very little. I watched the second episode of the Purge TV series. I gave it a second go. Look, there, there seems like there's some interesting stuff there, but again, I just keep coming back to the idea that <clears> it just feels like it's played. We, we've been here before, and it feels cheaper. Because it's on telly, it's cheaper. I'll probably give it a few more episodes, but I just I don't see it sort of holding my interest very well, and I don't see it getting a second season somehow. But we'll see how we go. The only other thing I watched was they put that Jimmy Barnes documentary on TV, mm. Working Class Boy. Mate, that was bloody good. Yeah. Talk about a bloke who's had a prick of an upbringing. Jesus, his childhood was bloody awful. But... It, it was a really, really interesting documentary, and he actually came across really, really well. But that's it for me. Very right. little. Yeah, I was pretty light too, so I've, um, I'm about halfway through season five of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so good. Even more than the previous season, I've had just laugh out loud parts, just a random thing that will happen, and I'll just be in stitches. Yeah. Like, to the point where I have to pause the episodes because I just can't, I can't hear... What's going on? Because <laughs> I'm just laughing at it so much. It's so consistent. I started season three of Gotham. Ah. So, yeah, it's... Look, I enjoy it for what it is. It's just bonkers. It's off the wall. It's not really Batman. But it's, <laughs> it's a take on Batman. I'm not sure whose take, but it's entertaining enough for me. And it's got... Uh, it's it's more in line with bloody the old Adam West Batman TV show, some of the the crazy shit that goes on but they kind of just embrace it and run with it and yeah interesting enough and the last one I um, last one I checked out was I went back to Solo had another look at Solo my son wanted to see it so yeah was it a second view yeah look I still think there's some stuff in it that that really works there's like some little twists and things that happen but for, for, for a sort of rollicking adventure flick that are okay but overall it's just not not quite there for me it falls like it's it's probably the worst of the recent Star Wars ones so on the scale of things it's 
not as good as the originals, not as good as the the most recent stuff, but I liked it better than the prequels by a mile. I, I wouldn't say, like, you, you'll have this view of it that it's just going to be an absolute stinker, and it's not quite that, hmm. but it's not it's not a gem. So, yeah, that was me. All right, Gibbo. All right, let us have it. Deep Breath. Ozark Season 2. Polish that off uh, on Netflix. I think it's better than the first season. I really, really like that show. It's just the binging things, a drama, because now I've got to wait like probably a full year for the yeah. next one to come out. I just found something on Netflix called Paradise PD. Has oh, it, is that the anim- is that an yeah, animated, animated show? Yeah, animated. Is that any good? It's full on, like think family guy with absolutely no holds barred. <laughs> think race, drugs, sex, language, violence, everything. It's full on. It's very funny in bits, but you've just you've got to go in and just not care because if you get offended in, about anything, you'll get offended. It's right. yeah, okay. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. Um, so I polished that season off. Iron Fist season two, finished that off. I'm not a huge fan of Iron Fist. It's mm. pretty doughy. It's just not much happening. The villain in this season was pretty poor. You reckon? I thought it was much better than last season. Oh, there's no threat. Like. I don't know. Just, just there's nothing really happening for. I don't, I don't the know. best part. Always I think that he's the worst one. On him as much. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that. And, but um, what's I just think he, like out of all of them, like I prefer Jessica Jones by far. Yeah, Luke Cage is probably better. I just think Iron Fist just he's just a weaker one. But so. this season was good because there was <clears> so much of Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. But then Typhoid Mary, the Colleen Wing thing was good, was, and the, the Typhoid thing was was she all was right. Fantastic. I thought um, she, but just the main guy, he just. I don't understand. Why is he British? Brings nothing to the table. There's no reason why he's... He'd be, he's supposed to be like some Tibetan monk that's yeah. grew up his high, and he's got a British accent. But I said, other than that, I thought he's a decent actor. He's, he's all right. And the martial arts part was actually a lot better than the first season. And the the, um, the idea of him was much more simplified. It was just, you know, it's something we've seen a million times. It's this guy who was your closest friend who's now your, yeah. your enemy. Like That part, that part's fine. I just, I don't know. Just see, it felt like something that was just being done for the sake of having a season turned out. I watched Rounders. I hadn't seen Rounders before. Oh yeah. And I listened to the Bill Simmons uh, rewatchables thing for it. I thought oh, I'll go and watch it. It's pretty good, but there's there's no explanation for why you'd be friends with Edward Norton's character. <laughs> that worm bloke. Honestly, you just you wouldn't be friends with him. He's just a prick of a human. I watched uh, Atypical season two on Netflix oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Really like that show. It's really good. Um, well acted. Good story. Like it's it's just a good all round like sort of drama comedy sort of thing. I've watched now. A season and a half of Big Mouth season two just came oh, out yeah, on Netflix yeah. as well love that but again <clears throat> if you get in, if you get offended by anything probably give it a miss I watched Upgrade last night or maybe the night before I can't, did I, when did I ask you about it, it was yesterday morning yesterday maybe? yeah yeah so maybe two nights ago I watched Upgrade I was just up by myself and thought I'd check it out I saw the, the Blum uh, stamp on it so Gave that a look and really, worth it. really liked it. Yeah, it's 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 not a, it's not up there with like X Machina in terms of quality, but just the idea and stuff in it and some brutal violence. But the action scenes, because of what the story is, um, it's really interesting. Like the way that they choreograph some of the stuff. Um, it's got a little bit of the hardcore Henry thing in there, sort of thing with the, the point of view oh, stuff, sort of following him around crazy. and things. So that was pretty cool. Now, is this is that directed by Lee Winnell as well? Yeah, yeah, he wrote it and directed it. Right. But it's actually it's actually pretty good. I watched A Wrinkle in Time with Riley and the kids today. It is horrendous. <laughs> it is really bad. You really have like How's that over no, mate, everything in it's bad. The fucking plot is nonsense. Stuff you'll be just going along and all of a sudden something will happen. There's no explanation for it. There's no res- like oh 
I was mad. Like Riley, was a, she had a like a tie to it from a childhood from reading the book. Yeah, I didn't have that. I was raging by the end of it. I've actually heard that even if you read the book, the movie was. Well, Riley said a lot of stuff terrible. was missing, and they did sort of a like a, a bit of a tweak on a lot of things. But yeah. if you didn't read the book, the movie makes no sense whatsoever. She had to explain everything to me, and it still didn't make sense. <laughs> so. <laughs> hard pass I've managed to skip it up until this point yeah started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine season 5 on 3 episodes in, I think um, still love it love it love it uh, and then I took a slum dive uh, about a week ago with Riley we were up late just Netflix diving I watched a movie called The Package <laughs> The Package <laughs> Has oh is that the Netflix original they're yeah, in the yeah, in yeah. the forest yeah, they've got a nice young people they go around and the young bloke cuts, cuts his old fella yeah. off and they've got to get <laughs> It is fucking random. Like, <laughs> is it just rubbish? It's rubbish, but there's the the young girl in it is the chick that's in um, Cock Blockers with um, yeah. Cena and stuff. John Cena, Genevieve, someone I can't think what her last name is. She's really good. Like she she could definitely do some stuff. The rest of it's just poor. Like really, really bad. <laughs> so, sorry, it's sorry, like sorry. <laughs> sorry. The, the whole premise is a guy cuts his dick off. Yeah, they're on a, they're that, on a drunken that, camping trip and he's uh, mucking around the butterfly and oh, his mates scare him and they says. cut off his tackle. <laughs> he gets rescued. Then they have to, his friends have to get the dick there because <laughs> the, the paramedics grab the wrong cooler that's got the beers in it and the one with his dick still with his friends in the forest. So their whole journey there, then they get there and they sew his dick onto the wrong person somehow. Then they've got to rip the, like... <laughs> It's. I don't know how it got made. I don't know how oh, it got made. Yeah, this is a Netflix bloody original. Netflix will obviously greenlight anything. It is <laughs> like we. There's some stuff like we giggled. I'm not gonna lie. There's yeah. some. There's some giggle worthy stuff in it. But also, there's just so much head shaking. Going, is this fucking dead set for real? <laughs> is this actually happening? Oh, I have to put it on tomorrow, <laughs> mate. Look at the day off. <laughs> oh, it's free. Check it out. Spend the day. Oh, I am doing some homework over the next couple of weeks. Well, I'm on leave. Do a double feature with the other one. I watched. The watch is on Beavers oh. to take one for the team. Um, but no, apparently Jared's already but, sat through But see, the thing is, I would have taken that one. <laughs> you wouldn't have to take one, that one for the team. I would have watched that each time. You cannot watch it. It is so bad. Yeah? No, I'm going to be watching that too. The, the effects in it... Don't like, waste your time. <laughs> it's something it's funny not even good bad. bad. It's the package there. <laughs> yeah. At one point, a, a beaver it chews on a... Like, this is just an example of how bad the special effects are. A beaver's chewing on an electrical outlet, mm. catches on fire... And then goes and runs, and I say that with inverted commas, into a curtain to catch the cabin on fire. But when he runs, he just, it's like it's a, a fucking shoe that someone's put some fur on, <laughs> and they just turn it by pulling a string and then drag the lip like it's on fire, they drag it under the curtains. There's no animation that, like, the budget must have been about $10,000, I think. Oh, man. It's what really cool. You have done a deep dive there, the package ends on beavers. Well, the package, I didn't know what it was, you know. You just sort of do. Jumped on it. And yeah, it just looked like a teen comedy, yeah, you know, yeah. like standard sort of thing. And then it just took a nasty turn when he cut his way <laughs> off. But that's the whole movie. It's his whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mind-blowing. A anyway, whole movie that cut your dick off. Pretty awesome. much. Pretty much. Yeah, so that, that was it for me. There's a lot of, that's like, what are it, four full seasons of TV in there? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a, yeah, a bit of volume. So, But that, that's it. I've got, yeah, no more. All right. Without further ado, <laughs> let's get into <laughs> set the bar nice and Death Wish 3. New York, a city pushed to the edge. 
people pushed to the limit. And no one's got the guts to stop them. It's collection time, Charlie. Three murders, yeah. four rapes, nine acts of random violence. This isn't a neighborhood, it's a war. But there is one way. One man who won't be pushed. Charles Bronson. What's the problem? Now you're going to die. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante. With one important difference. You're going to work for me. People have got to start to fight back and hard. I sent them a message. That's him. I'll take care of him. Now he's in the middle of a war. See what you've done? You got me mad. In a world gone mad, there is only one law. His, Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Bronson's back in New York. Bringing justice to the streets. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Death Wish 3, 1985, directed by Michael Winner, uh, who directed the first two Death Wish films, I believe. What would you say he ended up as? He, so apparently, I can't, can't vouch for this, but I read it in an article that he, um, after he left filmmaking, he began writing a uh, restaurant critique called Winner's Dance. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his name's ironic. <laughs> well, he certainly wasn't the winner of the director. He's right? never won anything, that's right. <laughs> it's produced by Yoram Globus and Medem Golan, who we know from canon films. Okay, boys. <laughs> Big fans of Chuck Norris and co. Uh, written by Dan Jacoby, who wrote Arachnophobia and um, a Van Damme classic double team. <laughs> Jesus. And it's based on characters created by Brian Garfield. It stars Charles Bronson as Paul Kersey, Deborah Raffin as Catherine Davis, Ed Lauter as Richard Schreiker, and Martin Balsam as Bennett. The budget for this was $9 million. No, sorry, it might have been, it, it, I've got two. It says it was either 9 or 10 and the box office was $16 million. Oh. So they made some profit. <laughs> they made some profit on Death Wish 3. Mm. Now, just a little bit of trivia, two pieces of trivia. Charles Bronson was paid $1.5 million of the $10 million budget. The second was they initially, this shows you the Canon Films way of doing things. The concept of Paul Kersey facing a street gang was developed by screenwriter Don Jacoby. He specialised in science fiction films, having developed scripts for Canon Films. His screenplay reportedly turned Kersey into an urban version of John Rambo, displeasing Charles Bronson in the process. The producers then tasked someone else to write other potential versions of the script. They brought in, this person brought in three or four different samples. They immediately scrapped them all and went back to the original. This is basically just a John Rambo movie. Yeah, basically. That was basically how it... Wow. And, and Bronson wasn't happy with it, but still they said, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just he said, but how many dollars? I was going to squat down and shoot at things. I'm there. Oh. Do I have to run much? Only occasionally. <laughs> and, then, and then do the best trip in <laughs> cinema history. And it doesn't have to be fast, Charles. Don't worry about that. <laughs> all right, all right. These guys are fast and all right, Jared, and Jared <laughs> your thoughts on this picture. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Because um, you you also watched Death Wish 2. <laughs> I watched one or two recently. <laughs> Fuck, you're a sadist. <laughs> two today. <laughs> Three today. 
Yeah, look, I was I was looking to I've been caught up in Death Kiss fever. What can I say? <laughs> I saw the Death Kiss and I thought, shit, I've got to go back to a couple of these. Now, admittedly, I hadn't seen a ton of Bronson Cannon pictures. Was this the reason why Bronson's name came up in the text message? Was it because you'd been looking at a Death Kiss trailer recently? Yes, thought uh, actually. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I had been looking up. I'd been researching a little bit of Bronson. <laughs> Look, I'd never seen a lot of his Cannon output. I do recall, however, for some reason, I remember my dad watching The Evil That Men Do. And obviously, I had no idea what it was at the time, but I couldn't, I just couldn't help but think, who's this mustachioed slab of meat that's just, you know, spraying bullets everywhere? I was captivated. Oh. Uh, no, so obviously, you put out Death Wish 3, and I thought, oh, I don't know, but then I thought, Cannon Pictures, Charles Bronson. What could go wrong? Look, what could go wrong? <laughs> what part um, of that makes you think yes? <laughs> Well, Adam had already committed. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bronson, Deathwitch, right? Cannon Feet Pictures. We just funny egg each other on. I mentioned the name Bronson. Adam, you know, he has Cannon Pictures. I usually said Deathwitch 5. Adam, he has Cannon Pictures. Bang, he's scheduled us in. He's hired the movie. He's like, what can I do? Um, but yeah, mate, no, mate, you got the like those guys in the film, you got the car rolling down the hill, mate, and exactly. I just took off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's hard to say I was you know, pleased with what was going on on screen. <laughs> it's an absolute bloody schmozzle. Um, with no, not a shred of realistic kind of social commentary about it. Or, the original ones had an element of that, obviously more in the books, but this one just fucking threw, the, threw that all out the window and said, how many guns can we jam in here? How many people can Bronson kill? And I can't say it wasn't entertaining. It was thoroughly entertaining, but it's, it's got to be about a one and a half, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> that's generous. <laughs> right, I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to start at five stars and work backwards. Lose a star for Bronson's acting. <laughs> Lose a star for the fucking hell mouth they seem to be living in. <laughs> Lose a star for a unnecessary romantic subplot <laughs> that was absolutely cringy juicy. Lose another star for um, fashions. And uh, a ugly rape culture. Uh, yeah, had to be continually brought up yeah. is this for some reason. This is winners for, and I'll put it at one star because I like you was super entertained. I laughed my ass off, but it's just shit. But none of it it's just was terrible. meant to be. It's not, no, yeah, it's not deliberate. Yeah. No, it's not deliberate. The fact that it made some money makes me just go, "What was going on in 1985?" It makes me hate the movie. <laughs> but yeah, one I've gone backwards from five to one. Give up? Well, I'll work up from zero and, and just stop at a half star. <laughs> <laughs> what was the half star for? Was it his mustache? No, it's how he runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, Dragging handfuls of air, <laughs> pulling like, himself along. Honestly, mate, he looks like bloody. Uh, it looks, he looks like you say both. He's a he's pure athlete. I, what do we figure? We figure out how old he was at this point. He was about. Oh, look, I I haven't got the full details, but I believe he was. I think he might be in his sixties, mate. He was sixty-five or something. I mean, he's in good shape, but he. A bloke at that point should never be in a foot race with anyone. <laughs> no. Um, man, so the, the half star, honestly, my likes, there's none. 
There's nothing. I've, I've got nothing to well, say. Well, we're going to do things a little differently movie. tonight. We're not going to do likes and dislikes because, quite frankly, I, I couldn't pick where I wanted to put things. The line was blurred. Yeah. All the dislikes are likes because you laugh at how bad it is. <laughs> to yeah. me, we are just going to go from head to toe. Yeah. And we're just going to throw things <clears> out there that we liked and we thought were funny and what was shit. And so let's just get straight out there. The immediate thing for me is we get him coming into town in a cab <laughs> and there's an accident between two cars and I thought there was like a pile up and he goes here's 20 bucks to get get us out here. here the guy takes the 20 bucks veers off the road slightly and goes straight round there boom that's one it car, one car. <laughs> just, said, yeah, just get me 20 in your pocket mate we'll be out of here in two seconds <laughs> you actually you've you've um You've jumped ahead for me. There was yeah. already there was already two or three before that. <laughs> Number one, having just watched uh, watched Death Wish two, I've piped up with. Oh, obviously Jimmy Page wasn't doing the music again. <laughs> he is. Bang, Jimmy Page music. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there thinking, really? Like it was all synthesizers and stuff yeah. coming into town. He's on the bus and we got a bit of synth music and all this sort of shit. It's all cheerful. It's not the right mood for this movie at all. But then we almost immediately get. The gang, the the bozos running into the, running up around the building and that and uh, yeah, they just we all of us have looked at it and said, what is going on here? It was like we're, the descriptions were the warriors crossed with streets of rage, honestly crossed with menudo, <laughs> the bloody they're the least menacing gang I've ever seen, yeah. and then. Like they were at home. Faces. Well, they were at home in the uh, uh, Pat Benatar's Love Is a Battlefield <laughs> film clip, as far as I was concerned. All the bad film clips. Yeah, they've all got shit. Like, like they've got like bandanas wrapped around their arms. They're all colourful and stuff. Well, they're wearing crop tops. Hair. And stuff. Yeah, mesh mesh tank tops. <laughs> it is just a laugh riot <clears throat> when you see them. The moment you see them on screen, they exude no menace at all. But at, at no point in the movie is there any motivation outlined for for this whole for this gang at all. Like they just run around smashing things and then jumping and holding hands. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> and There's also, no motivations drawn out for anybody really. Is, is there, you're all scum. You're all thugs. Here's a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though? Also, one of the big things for me was the first time we see that block that they seem to be living on it is as bombed out as Afghanistan it looks bloody awful yeah and I would be everything's know, on fire yeah there's just garbage everywhere yeah there's cars overturned <laughs> and bloody bombed out and that. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it like normal people are living somewhere on this street. Yeah, and the, you know, once they get further down down into the into the movie, they're saying things like, oh, you know, we're not going to get forced out of here. Well, fuck, mate. What's left to want to be here for? <laughs> yeah. like, it's long gone. Every building is condemned, including the one you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you go to the shop and get a load of ready and roll for it, and your missus gets stabbed. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah. You know, we see These folks haven't had a sandwich in years. <laughs> <laughs> we see copious amounts of people in the suburbs being kicked in the backside and they're walking down the street. Just laid a slipper into a fucking random so suburb. Just, 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 just hoofed. Oh, yeah. Just kick him in the bum a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hungry. I'll, I'll probably cop a couple of kicks in the bum today just to get... Yeah. I'm going to go down to the shop to get a pint of milk. I better grab my honey Ryan Shields. <laughs> Gear up before I go out there. Oh, shit. So I, I was still 
a little bit hopeful that something in this movie would be good until he walks into his mate's apartment <laughs> and we ha- we have his mate who's been supposedly bad quite bad. brutally bad because at one point he headbutts the table <laughs> his yeah. face plant into that lamp table is next level he ends up wearing the bloody lampshade as a hat that's fantastic but Paul walks in and goes over to him and the bloke's pretty alert and yeah. quite chipper he starts talking and then has literally the worst death scene in the history of cinema <laughs> He's just yeah. talking, take care of all my things, and then he just goes, take care of my things. Demonstrative death with his eyes open. God, that was the best. Did they do one take and just say, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be the best of a multitude of attempts. <laughs> we have no got time. Let's move on. That entire oh, scene, there's five minutes that he's just absolute nonsense had me rolling in the aisles. Is that bit where he goes to you, Take care of my shit. Uh, <laughs> then, boom, the door flies open. The cops come in. They don't ask any questions. They immediately arrest the Bronson. And start wrapping him up. Then we're back at the cop shop. They are flogging the shit out of him. This is where they're going for the Urban Rambo thing because it's just like from first block part one. He's just sitting one. in the chair going, and then he comes to the chair and goes, what's going on? Oh, look, we just beat the convention out of him. Oh, just leave, guys. They all leave. The chief mumbles a few things about hating cockroaches. Then just wails him. <laughs> just absolutely punches Bronson's face in. Then sends him off to a um, to a holding cell where when he walks to the door, this <laughs> the guy the goes, he's, he's shuffling the spot going, You want a little bit of this? <laughs> that sequence. I believe he says. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're supposed to, you know, think this bloke's on drugs because, you know, he's jittery for some reason. And he goes, you're looking for trouble. <laughs> but he's doing, like, the little foot shuffle, like, shadow box. But the funny thing is, Bronson just sort of doesn't even answer, just moves out of the way. And then another bloke just gets back in the way. Yeah, the bloke said you're looking for trouble punches somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, but by accident. He punches by accident. and then gets laid out because he punches a monster of a human. <laughs> anyway, that was the second sign that we're in for a real fucking fight. Oh, 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 I was absolutely spent. Oh, <laughs> at that point, I was like, it's going to be a shit movie, but fuck, it's going to be fun. <laughs> if, it's, if it's like this, it is going to be fun. <laughs> the extra part of that that I really enjoyed was um, he, he gets in a bit of, you know, the back and forth with... <laughs> What was his name? Fraker or whatever. The, um, guy. Yeah. the guy that was running the running the, the crew. The guy with the fucking... So he gets in a little bit of back and forth and then he walks out of the prison and goes, I'm going to kill an old lady just for you. Watch the news tonight or whatever. And then he walks out and goes, what does he say? Belmont and... Belmont and... <laughs> That's my turf. And Belmont. That's my turf. And then walks out in front of all the cops... Then we get into the bloody room where they, you know, the police are having the daily rundown, and the old captain that's just finished beating the shit out of Bronson gets up the front and goes, something to the effect of Bill, Bill the Sato. It's a fucking war zone out there. What have we got? We got nothing. Then someone goes, oh, it's gang related, and then nothing else. So I'm thinking, someone in there has probably just said, oh, listen, that bloke we just released, he mentioned something about that being his turf. We might want to talk. To yeah, him but there was a scene there where he was talking to the cops, and I got the feeling that. He was connected. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But, but then never came up again. So well, I was like, was that his lawyer? I thought it might have been his lawyer. It could have been. It wasn't really spe- specified. I mean, <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> the movie didn't clearly 
define what the role was there. I was <laughs> laughing at the, yeah. at the previous stuff too much. Yeah, but we right. go from that scene into the captain who beat Kersey up and starts going, I know you, you're Kersey. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been laying low recently. You have six, uh, six scumbags shot in Chicago, and the other four shot up here, and then the other two over in Long Island. I'm, as you pointed out, Gibbo, how are you connected this shit together? You Someone was shot, it was clearly you. <laughs> well, come on, mate. <laughs> well, the thing is, the way Kersey gets his weaponry through the mail, he could have got bloody anything. Yeah, yeah look, <laughs> there, was a, there was an incident, there was somebody who was heavily involved in crime and drugs that's been shot. Might have been. Am I, am I on the mark here? Yeah, no, he brought to you. We've just got maybe. <laughs> but I mean, given the um, given the sense, you know, he's got. A, I've got a folder here on you. He's no thinking <laughs> one page of notes. <laughs> I'm thinking if he's done all the research on those crimes, he might have connected it. But he's just got a page of notes. <laughs> so it's just a newspaper cutting, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't put in a leg. No, there, no, so. the best scene of the entire movie is as Bronson's being released from prison and, and leaving the police station, three three uniform coppers seem to be wrestling with The hookers. <laughs> three prostitutes that Jared, how did you how did you explain how they looked? Well, it looks like they're wrestling with the porn assistants. <laughs> Mate, they were doing the neutron dance with them. <laughs> Fuck, it was funny because I'm just sitting there thinking, this isn't how police stations work, surely. One thing I will say for the Death Wish series after watching two and three in quick succession, I don't think there's ever been a series of films who have put so much effort into background work trying to animate what it's like living in this world and done it so fucking clumsily <laughs> and... Just it's just weird. Like some of the stuff that was going on in the back of part two was just <laughs> absurd as well. So um, before we get out of this, thing, I really just need to point out Paul Kersey's ability to walk off a flogging is next to none. I mean, he gets belted up in the in his mate's apartment. He then gets belted up in the police station. Then he gets belted up in the the cell where they're holding him. They're laying the slippery. He just gets up and sits down like he just had a cup of tea. Like there's no ill effects whatsoever. Yeah. He actually got knocked out in part two. I can't remember in part one, but in, in part two he actually got knocked unconscious. So they must have fucking hit him with a bloody sledgehammer. Or something. Yeah, they ran over him with a tank. Yeah. <laughs> no, the only reason that he, he shakes everything off is because Bronson, Bronson is just fucking wood. Yeah. He's he yeah. awful. And he's lying like a helmet at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. right there in his cheeks. Ray Martin with a mustache. <laughs> Still not the worst hair in the movie. We, we need to go back and talk about old mate's reverse mohawk. I've never seen that one before. Just a shaved strip down the middle of your head with a red line in it. The only time I've seen it is in WWF. <laughs> Did someone else do that? I've never seen Sorry, Legion of Doom. Can't remember whether it was Hawk or Animal. Yeah, well, you know what, though? The bad guy, he spends most of the movie giving us that menacing sort of looking over at us and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to kick some ass or whatever. But when he picks out the phone to rig for reinforcements, he, he sounds like he's Please, going to guy calling for fucking real estate or something. Yeah. He's going, yeah, look, I, I desperately need as many more people as I can possibly get here. Can you send him down? Thank you. Could like, you please send me some more assets, <laughs> sir? I'd really appreciate it. Um, and what I love about that is they never connect... 
who the fuck are you talking to? You like, never who, seen that. Who are these people that are sending thousands of fucking village people right there? <laughs> yeah, you're calling a talent agency. You're sending all the backup dancers. We know as many as you've got. As many any, any dancers, dancers that are not currently working on 80s film clips, can you send them down here? Shit. Cameo, yeah, we'll take one too. <laughs> Before we move on from the police station... The one kernel of a, good, of, of a good idea that I thought could have been possibly, you know, mined a little bit further if it wasn't a canon film <laughs> was the idea of the police just saying, yeah, we got, you know, we can't do anything. Our hands are tied. I'm going to give you free reign. Just give us some of the credit. Yeah. That um, actually wasn't a bad idea because it then cuts out the whole your thinking process of, wouldn't the cops be looking into this guy and arresting him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he takes all that away. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I, I, I kind of accepted that as actually being an alright idea. And it would have, yeah, it could have been um, furthering some of the social commentary that they were attempting in the earlier ones. <laughs> Not much. Not here. Here. Yeah, it's gone out the window. But yeah, I mean, the fact that they even bothered to address the fact that, you know, anybody that's witnessing this, anybody that's seeing what's going on and giving a description... Look, it was a large, you know, large salt and pepper bouffant. <laughs> a finely manicured bloody moustache. And he's either wearing jeans with a suit jacket, <laughs> a nice sweater with collared shirt, or leather jacket. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any cop that's, you know, been around at all is going, yeah, Paul Kersey. Sounds a little like Paul Kersey. The only thing is, when he went for the leather jacket, jeans combo, they may have mistook him for Daddy Zuko. (laughs) (laughs) When he first walks into shop with that on, I was like, oh, no. Let's have a look at you. The the police procedure (coughs) in general is pretty shaky. Look, when he works into his mate's apartment, and they arrest him. There's no hint of the Miranda rights. Uh, then the questionings, like everything, is a bit shady. It's a good chance that there's a lot of crime because people are uprising against the police department because they're nothing if not inept and corrupt. So, yeah, and it just shows in the fact that they beat the living shit out of Kersey. <clears throat> in comes the chief, goes, "Hang on, fellas," and then he actually says at that point that he knows who he is. He's like, "You're Paul Kersey," and then punches him in the face. <laughs> At one, point, at one point, Paul is uh, just in a, in a, in between scenes, decides to bust out some impromptu push-ups just out of nowhere. Oh, that's right. That was a good giggle, that one. Um, Man, and he he's was... really churning him out. <laughs> he was absolutely crazy. Hold on, he's, he's going down and his hair's going... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mostly an upper body push-up, I think. He might have been on the ground at about waist level and just pumping out some upper bodies, but... They were fast though. He wasn't getting down to the chest, I don't think, or the, at least the uh, lower push up. He was just doing the top up. I think it was around that time too that he's done the um, asking Bennett, is Bennett the old boat? Yeah. Ask Bennett, who killed Charlie? And he goes, I'll show you. And he opens the window and they're all four of the major <laughs> players that are in very clo- clo- close proximity to the window and each other. Yeah. These three here, and this guy here, he's the boss. It's like just thinking everyone in two seconds flat. They might be on the street. Let's have a look. <laughs> yep, there they are. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> everyone that's involved. Oh, um, and then he quickly uh, nips downstairs to the old couple. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is Paul. He was admiring your dinner. Stuffed cabbage. No <laughs> <laughs> one has ever admired stuffed cabbage. Oh. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, he has quite an interesting cuisine throughout yeah. the film too. Because one point he tells us that he likes chicken. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like chicken. That's right. He does have a refined palate because he looks like when that when he's actually eating with that family. I'm sure what they're serving up is a bloody can of pal that's been loaded up. <laughs> I think it's bloody low, yeah. high, uh, high GI gruel or yeah. something. Yeah, well, that's down the table. I'm saying, uh, you got any more of that stuff, cabbies? <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, we're talking about the convenience of the, uh, the the villains being standing outside. What about when he's in, in the fucking apartment and he looks down and there's perfectly formed black footprints of some <laughs> nefarious character that's climbed in through his window, which gives him the idea to set up some booby traps. An absolute accidentally stepped in a black paint tin that was on the window. But those steel grates outside would be completely clean. You'd have the cleanest shoes, but there's yeah, but these perfect outlines. Well, let's, let's be fair. We did see outside that there's about 14 buildings that have been destroyed. And <laughs> yeah. Cars have been blown up. There's enough soot that he probably stepped in something on the positive side of that though it does then lead to the the home alone portion of the film where he sets up random booby traps around the place uh, including like, a gigantic mouse trap a mouse trap device that apparently extracts teeth from the teeth of people's faces that is one of the greatest scenes in the film he sets up this mouse trap using a bloody piece of board 10 feet long and a huge bloody hinge Sets it all up. They're having dinner with um, stuffed cabbage man. <laughs> and then they go, oh, this is a lovely meal. You just hear this. Whack. And Bronson sort of smiles and goes, oh, we got one. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had that feeling. Right? You hear the mouse trap, you go off, and you're like, God, this little bastard. Oh, it was so good, though. Because you just see everyone enjoying a meal and then hear the... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it was funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, um, Bronson he gives chase after a bloke <laughs> he, he gives chase several times but the first time he does it a woman is mugged and the bloke takes off and Bronson takes off after him <laughs> looking every bit he's 60 odd years <laughs> and he's the really guy laboring. honestly the guy drops back again yeah. <laughs> he just drops into cruise mode because Bronson is punching out the yeah. He's definitely putting in the legwork, but he looks worse than Lundgren's king. The bike is the guy in front. Is it Giggler at that point? Yeah, I think it's Giggler. The first one's Alex Winter, and then yeah. Giggler after Giggler's that. Giggler's at a three quarter pace, and he's looking over his shoulder, just opening up at a massive margin <laughs> of <Bronson. laughs> He's gapping him at half speed. <laughs> oh. um, you also you touched on it earlier, but in between then, we had, um, we, <laughs> we had the first of. A couple of deliveries by mail, you know, simpler times where you could just send, you know, you could wrap, you could wrap guns, high powered weaponry in a bit of brown paper and just post them anyway. <laughs> Thanks to what, what was their name? Worldwide Air Delivery or Worldwide Air Express or something. <laughs> they ask in the, in the in on the phone. They're like, oh, does this need to be in the lead box? No, mate, just cardboard and some butcher's paper. Thanks. Customs won't ask any questions. Yeah, well, deliver a fucking bazooka to the boat in the same manner. Yeah. I think it had a sticker saying handle with jam, yeah, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Do not crush. <laughs> At that point, he didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a large time frame to work with, so they, they thankfully sent an express. Well, you know, if I'm, I'm looking, if I'm in the market for a bazooka, I'm sure Amazon could ship it over to me in a cardboard box. <laughs> Um, the, the whole way through the movie, the music is just off. Like you, you, you'll be in a scene where there's, you know, the music's trying to purvey some kind of dread, and then inexplicably just sounds like a Wiggles theme song. <laughs> just like there's murder happening, and there's just this cheerful little like chimes, and 
It's just, it's oh, way off. Like JoJo, the Jimmy the, Page was off his chop for this one. <laughs> no I'm telling you now, though, like, Jimmy Page didn't have anything to do with this. They just pulled some leftovers from what he'd given in part two, I reckon. <laughs> but well, there's a lot more guitar in part two. There, there's a sequence in particular where that's very prevalent, is where he, the giggler nicks the fucking <laughs> The giggler. giggler. <laughs> the giggler. The giggler steals a woman's handbag, runs off, Bronson whips out the hand cannon, and it's all sort of dramatic music. He shoots him in the back, and then it changes to the fucking theme song for Good Times. Everyone's there going, "Yeah!" Well, that's when the, the, the well, that's the next thing I had is the community's attitude to murder in general. Oh, once they kill the giggler, it's a fucking block party. It's a free for all. Everyone's hanging out the windows, cheering, and old ladies are waving their bras oh. in the air. It's just next level. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty... Yeah, he, he did actually get a round of applause out the window. He does, yeah, he does. He's this close to a fist pump and a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Well done. For me, uh, the one part of the film that I couldn't... I just couldn't cop is why do we have to have so many people being raped? Like, there was someone yeah. raped. There was then numerous women seen dragged off in the middle of a gunfight... To topless. be raped, I assume. But topless yeah, for nothing. Like it's, it's gratuitous. Through the whole series. It's a real it's ugly, I think, unnecessary, gratuitous way to continue to showcase, oh, these guys are scum of the earth. Well, they a, rape people. Thankfully, it's a bit suggest of, that. You don't have to show it yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Thankfully, it's a bit of a relic. We don't Yeah, we don't see it anymore. And, and that's what I was saying. That shit. The remake wisely got rid of it. Yeah. It's not in the remake at all. Well, that's better. You still see movies like uh, like I Spit on Your Grave, that sort of stuff, where the the whole thing is it's just exploitation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was even he it showed up in Buddy Kickboxer. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty uncomfortable. To that too. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was just that attitudes at the time. Thankfully, have fucking moved on from. Oh, this is the only thing that we can use to motivate Except someone. Except when to it turned up in something like Halloween, the Halloween remake, or something like that. As you described, <laughs> those, those films are vile. <laughs> yeah, well, all I'm saying is I don't see any reason for that shit. No. no at all. I mean, it's entertainment. <clears throat> at the end of it, it's entertainment, and it's sort of... If you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, it needs to be insinuated. Yeah, insinuated, suggested, off-screen. And I feel that's that's more powerful. Yeah. It doesn't even need to... But for me, the whole, the whole use of it is not powerful because it's like... If that's the only thing that can motivate this man to to be raging to such a point that he wants to kill someone, like really, is that the only thing that we yeah. can use? But at this point, it's not even people that he's specifically close to. It's, it's yeah, exactly. A, it's a, it's a very vague acquaintance's partner, yeah, and a generic random lady that's just walking down the street. And we didn't need it because we've been clearly told that the rest of the neighbourhood is fucking right on board. <laughs> yeah, he's he's up to. Plus, that's then followed by probably the most insensitive sequence in the entire film. We get told that the wife is, okay, she's going to be fine. Come to the hospital. Kersey keeps tapping the bloke on the back. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. It turns out the doctor goes, she expired. (laughs) It's not not a fucking... (laughs) It's not a cut. The milk is silly. (laughs) Bit attacked, yeah. Fucking it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> honestly, <clears throat> yeah, um, that was pretty bad. Let's talk about let's get back on more stable ground with Death Wish 3, and that is the romance 
Oh. The ridiculous romance that comes up out of nowhere for no reason at all. Well, we needed a little bit of the Bronson Peck. Like I told you, <laughs> in Deathwish 2, you gave that, you know, from on Peck about 50 times. But that was his, I found out later. That, that was actually That was wife. his real wife yeah. that he was doing that with. So maybe he, you know, I don't know why they thought that we needed it in this one. It was so far <laughs> removed. They met twice. They did. For no more than a couple of minutes. Yeah. She was a reporter. Reporting on um, fucking nothing, something. as far as I could tell. Just generic reporting. And then... I thought she was the lawyer when she came <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's hard to tell. The point is that they're still being locked up. <laughs> they still being processed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of noise going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> she... Inexplicably finds it attractive. <laughs> well, the age gap as well. Like when I saw her, I'm like, she would be what thirty? She'd be like probably early thirties, I'd say, like thirty four, thirty five. The bloke you said is like early sixties oh, at this point. Yeah. yeah, I think he was in. The, the relationship in this should have been similar to what Sylvester Stallone did in the Rocky movie with the. Ah, yes. You know, the little, little girl that the, from the, the first Rocky and Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he gives her the job and stuff. Because when that movie started, I'm like, oh, please don't go down the romance <laughs> route. Yeah. And they didn't. It was yeah. tasteful. He yeah. was just trying to do something good. <laughs> yeah. This could have been the same, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was very cringy. No, because then it cuts to they're in bed together, but Bronson's already done the work. Yeah. He's already getting dressed and getting yeah. fucking in there. Thanks for that. I'm, uh, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish he, they had have had both of them in bed and he had have said, I like chicken again. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, he does, I mean, he does say to her there, "Geez, I'm hungry. <laughs> Do you want to go and get some tea?" And that's where she gets punched in the face. What's up with you, blokes? As soon as he, get, as soon as he has sex with her, I'm like, "Well, she's dead." And yeah. then they tactfully say, "Let's go for some dinner." I'm just going to go to the post office and pick up some packages. I'm like, yeah, that she's 100 percent going to get murdered. <laughs> oh, and she gets punched God. in the face. They roll her car down a hill. It clips another vehicle and, and everything explodes. Yeah, and then the other vehicle, vehicle gets sliced in half. Yeah, it's been pre-cut. The whole yeah, time. and then the thing just goes and turns into a fucking fireball. <laughs> Thankfully, though, Paul Kersey has experienced this many times. <laughs> <laughs> he barely faces He also walks off thinking, oh, well, there goes another life partner. <laughs> <laughs> another soulmate bites the dust. <laughs> Honestly, though, no, I really want to. I want to. I want to get a gif of Bronson saying, "I like chicken." And any time, any time you'd like send me a message and I'm agreeable, the response is going to be Bronson saying, "I, I like, like chicken." chicken. <laughs> can Can any of any of you blokes explain to me? Because at this point in the movie, the, the gang knows where the bloke is. They know he's responsible for all of their ill fortune. Why has no one killed this bloke? Well, look, he's a 65 year old. They can't, can't get around the mousetraps. Come on. He just walks down everything. the street. There's like a hundred of the blokes in this, in this gang, from what we can tell. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just they, they, they ring in reinforcements when they need it. So yeah, I think cool. there's a, there must have been a lot of deleted scenes of other traps and, you know, people outside going, oh, would you blokes fucking clean your shoes? <laughs> so he doesn't know where we're coming into the yeah. building. Take your shoes off prior to entering the building. <laughs> were, the, were the other traps like a tarantula dropping on their face and paint cans on ropes? Like Christmas decorations on the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot door handle. Oh, Oh man, this this hard and feathered. Oh, what else have we got here? 
<laughs> the fact that he gets out when they finally get into the finale, they decide to pull out the World War Two or the Vietnam era bloody minigun or whatever he's yeah. got. He proceeds to just spray <laughs> indiscriminately. Doesn't think about there might be some other people, some innocents in amongst these guys. I mean, everyone's wearing jeans. <laughs> yeah, there might be some old bird outside stuffing cabbage for all I know. <laughs> well, a lot of the time when he's walking down the street, there's just groups of youths on the side of the road that don't have any gang members, but they look just like him. Well, there's a sequence where one bloke is just having the shit kicked out of him outside of his car, and he's dressed in the similar kit. Yeah. So I just assumed. He's one of the game members. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's on the ground, he's yeah. getting whooped. He owed someone money for cars or something. <laughs> Before we even got to the war zone, the, um, the Bronson trip. <laughs> Talk about an acting masterclass when he trips on what appears to be, I, I don't know. Cinder block or something? It was a cardboard box or something. <laughs> and it was, it was actually around an iron peg in the ground, apparently. <laughs> Flings the gun away. Absolutely hits it. That was just... I, I don't know what happened after that because I was just so caught up. Uh, I think you'll find that was his stunt double. I think it was. <laughs> Take <laughs> the ball. Otherwise, it was brother. real. It was like, Bronson, can we can we crack into a sprint here? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Charles has done a Get the double um, out. Um, the other thing I was going to say too, and, and this really had me scratching my head, some of the directorial choices... The fast zooms to see someone closing the curtains or yeah. fast zoom into a picture that's on the wall. In the cop's office that yeah. when, when um, the bloke sits down in front of the camera and we just get we just get someone's backside for <laughs> a couple of seconds. When they go into the apartment with Bennett books and the books are sitting in front of the TV but it obscures half the shot, like really weird stuff. Not to mention the weird, really tight close-ups on people's faces yeah. for no reason when they're not saying anything. Mate, I'll tell it. you what, when you've got a head like Bronson's and you back that yeah. shit up and you back it up. Come on. Come on. Go to wide shot, please, fellas. <laughs> yeah, the cinematographer's going, where'd you back this The writer of this film would have you believe that there's not enough close-ups of Charles Bronson that women just cannot resist the man. But that's not the first cabbage you stuffed, is it, y'all? <laughs> 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 yeah, the cinematographer's going, Vaseline. We're out of Vaseline, get some more. <laughs> I also love the fact that there's, there's a second mouse trap randomly situated at a doorway that no at one's seen. Top of a random building <laughs> for reasons. Which a bloke got decides, I've really got to jimmy this door open and get in here for some reason. There's no explanation as to why he's going in there. And none of the people that's um, living the building seem to have opened that door. <laughs> oh, shit, I got out of the grocery store. I better use the back door of the apartment. Whack. Knife in the front. <laughs> why would you even set up there? Yeah, and Kirstie's going, listen, Ben, it, um, the last, I'm going to have to go easy on the mousetraps. <laughs> the last one uh, backfired. <laughs> we killed uh, the spangle in the fucking room. <laughs> Doris from level three. <laughs> Yeah, look, she won't be uh, making her stuffed cabbage any further. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to be pointed out that the the ammunition that's used in this movie... There's a fair chance that about 60 to 70% of it is blanks. Because the amount of people getting shot at that are clearly just safe as they could possibly be. Uh, Like the cops are just standing there in the open field and not getting shot. Mm. 
One guy in particular standing there with the door open. Yeah. He's fucking. It's like the Wild West, mate. <laughs> <laughs> firing off, firing off, and then suddenly we just cut back to one of the other blokes going. Yeah, he's a fan of the outstanding deliver too. He hears one person fire off a bullet and then just, you know, stands out in the open, lines are up, and bang. He stands by the other chain fence and thinks he's protected from the gunfire. A couple of times he ducked down behind a, uh, a metal bin, I saw. Yeah. But one of my favourite bits with him is when he puts out the... He's always putting out the bait. Yeah. The Nikon camera, he goes to buy some ice cream and then gets the Nikon camera and hangs it out. But he puts the car out there and then he comes out and here they are removing this shit out stereo and stuff and he goes, that's my car. Without... without any second word, boom, probably the second chance. Goes back down as a cabbage. Yeah, I think the subtext of this film is that, uh, you know, cleaning up New York's rat problem or something because he just seems to be, you know, he's an exterminator. He's baiting things, he's setting mouth traps. He's just. That's a good subtext, right? Yeah, but I'll tell you what I love about that too. He's in the middle of dinner when he finds out his car's getting ripped off. So he whips downstairs, shoots a couple of blokes, and comes back upstairs. Is that it? I've got a Viennetta. I've got to bring him back from the shops without getting rolled. <laughs> <laughs> I half of it back. <laughs> the other half was taken by the fucking thumbs downstairs. hungry tonight. So, I've got a, I've got a question. In the first one, right, he's just... What, is he an architect in the first one? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis is a surgeon or something in his yeah. one. Yeah. 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 He's an architect, right? <laughs> he's got no discernment. <laughs> Does he have the history in the first one where he's been in Vietnam? No. Um, no. He just... The first one, they actually kind of... After he kills the first person, he kind of like he vomits. Yeah, because he hasn't killed him. And then in this one, they try to say he's been in the war. <laughs> he's well adjusted to it. At this point. <laughs> so they totally just <laughs> years later, realize all those killings along the East Coast have <laughs> <laughs> contributed to him. In this one, he's watched, but he hasn't shot anyone. <laughs> he gets into withdrawals, gets the DTs, haven't murdered anyone in two hours. Um, like legit question. They've totally just rewritten the character. Because yeah. he's supposed to be just an everyman who has a terrible thing happen to him and snaps and goes on this like retributional sort of tirade around. Yeah, against him. nobody involved in yeah. that particular incident. Well the bloke that wrote the novel said basically It was anti gun. Isn't that well, what, what it was, was? What it was was he the the thing in his novel is he wrote the book, the idea came when his own car got vandalized and his wife's purse got stolen or something like that. And he said he had all these feelings. Like, if I saw the person that did this right now, I'd, I'd want to fucking kill him. But then the whole thing... Reaction. Was, uh, well, that's the thing. He said, initially, he said, what that person's done hasn't affected me physically. It hasn't hasn't harmed me. But I'm so angry with what they've done to my car or whatever. They've vandalised it. So then he said the thing for him was he had all these emotions initially that if he, you know, if he had acted upon, he doesn't know what he would have done. But in the long run, the message of the book was... It doesn't stop. Like, where does it stop? If yeah. I get violent in return, yeah. then I'm just as bad. You're and all perpetuating this stuff. it. Whereas the end of the, <laughs> the end of the Death, Death Wish movie turned it into Bronson, you know, doing the finger guns yeah. at yeah. Crooks and things like that. So yeah. it's it's well gone. For yeah. This one, this is this, just this the, one. He just he just walks around and just doles out death left, right, and center. But. He just there's, 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 he comes back to dinner after he's bloody you know he stepped out and come back with dessert. 
uses the napkin and a couple of fucking bullet tights. <laughs> 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 oh shit, sorry about that. But he, he just has no discernible, like he has no actual skill set that would allow this no, to no. Even in the second one, he'd moved to LA because of like the architecture job had kind of got him there. And then it's just another instance of violence puts him over the edge again. But this one, yeah, the edge is well in the rearview mirror at this point. Well, this just, doesn't even pretend to tell us why he even came back into town. He was no. supposedly coming to see his mate, Mr. Bloody... Mr. Dead in two seconds, but there was no reason for him to come back. That happened to live in fucking Tombstone, New York. <laughs> no, I think at one point he mentions that his friend was really <laughs> he scared. Banged like, it. He banged He'd been talking to him and his friend was he was afraid, so he was probably coming back to help him or something. But Right. The film didn't really lay that out. No, nah, well, the film didn't lay out anything. The substance nah, really... Other than massive bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last thing I had was... Blowing away the bad guy with a fucking bazooka out the window. <laughs> Wasn't even out the window. He blew the whole fucking back wall. Yeah. Yeah. The whole side of course, the building's coming course, down. He doesn't even get. He doesn't even come out going, you know, wiping off a bit of bloody dirt. You know, the whole fucking building just about blew up. Meanwhile, old mate's just a pile of fiery rags outside, <laughs> just splattered. And as you said, Cindy Lawford finally puts up that no, <laughs> this, this is too far. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. It. We, we, we have gone too far. Yeah, this brick's too full on. I mean, prior to that, we had old women blasting, you know, thugs out the window with a shotgun. Everyone had taken the Paul Kersey <laughs> range and started. My favourite is the guy who opens the door and the dude just comes in with a baseball bat. Going <laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty full on at the end. Everyone was into it. And someone, it wasn't there at one point. Someone, someone tries to run into a building and then gets blasted. And then the fucking the, the people that live in the building start spewing out and taking the guns off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shooting bikes and point blank range oh, in the head. But then they're jumping that in a circle with their minutes. hands in the air too. Like it's like a pep rally. That last fifteen minutes was unbelievable. <laughs> oh yeah, it was something special. Right <laughs> Oh, As God. we said, they'll just anything own, else we'd like to say about this? Of shit. <laughs> well, I'd like to point out that we watched this movie together and we're in hysterics a lot of the time <laughs> and chattering. There's a, there's a good chance we missed some really good quality dialogue I bet in there. You're there. <laughs> There'd be some lines in here that were absolute screamers we just missed. Well, <laughs> we must have missed all of it. <laughs> the uh, judging by our notes, we no, missed, I mean we like we missed some really every, bad stuff. It, 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 was, it was short on dialogue. Thank I mean, the Christ. movie did not have a lot of dialogue either. Because Bronson, I reckon he was getting paid by the fucking... Bullet. Yeah, that's it. He was getting paid by how many people I get to shoot. Yeah. Can anyone tell me what the difference is between him and uh, Robert Kovacs' performance in Death Kiss at this point? Because they <laughs> look very similar. And that's why... <laughs> just I think Kovacs is excited at this point. According to Jared Kovacs' performance is dubbed. <laughs> yeah, well, it can't be worse than this. Yeah, it look, be worse. Look, put the two of them side by side. I mean, I think we can get a Death Wish 6 with Tony <laughs> Max in the role. I mean, that's yeah. what Death Kiss is, really. Yeah, that's right. Far out. Bloody hell. I don't know. I've got nothing else to add. I've got nothing else. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I'm spent. Really I'm pretty right wound up. I'm pretty excited about it all, really. <laughs> all right, that was Death Wish 3. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, or at in, on Instagram at, at Thrill Me Podcast. The next episode, we promise, will be the big. Do we? Do we promise? No, we. we okay, look, I'm not going to promise. <laughs> I have promised repeatedly over the past couple of weeks that I failed. So, 
School holidays, mate, they're difficult. It is, it is. They are, they are difficult. We'll do our best. We'll do our best to get you the Meg. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.